Did it? Because I asked it to write a joke for me and it was a fail. No, no, no. It won't work like that. It won't be funny like that. But the way this is the thing. So this is a key point, Miriam, because this is why people don't have to worry too much about AI. This being a replacement for humans. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hello, artpreneurs. This is Miriam Shulman, your curator of inspiration, and you're listening to episode number 249 of the Inspiration Plays podcast. Today, we are sharing 14 different ways to use chat GPT. But before we get there, if you're listening to this when it first comes out, I wanted to wish you a happy Pi Day, which in case you don't know, is March 14th or 3 one four, three point one four, which is pi. Okay. That's a little insider shout out to my fellow math geeks who are listening. And by the way, it is also Albert Einstein's birthday. How cool is that that Albert Einstein was born on Pi Day? All right, plus a bunch of TikTok stars whom I've never heard of. All right, so this little geekiness is perfect for today's show since we're talking about artificial intelligence. And to help me out, I've invited digital marketing and systems strategists who shows entrepreneurs how to build an audience and monetize their expertise using social media, digital tools, and strategic outsourcing. Please welcome to the inspiration place, Jen Lehner. Well, hey, hey. there, Jen. Hey, welcome. Miriam. So good to be here. Thank you. So happy to have you. Okay, so we are going to be talking about chat GPT, which is artificial intelligence. And quite frankly, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what caught my interest is there was an article about it in the New York Times where they were seeing if they could use it to cheat. Now, that's not the part that caught my eye. (laughs) The part that caught my eye was in the article the journalist said that she was late with her paper and used chat GPT to compose the note to the professor explaining why she was late. Mm -hmm. And then the professor composed a message back to her explaining why that was not acceptable. And that's when my, my everything started to click. I was like, oh, that's what I could use it for. Like, all those situations, Jen, where we're always those emailing tough conversations, yeah, chatty, like difficult <laughs> conversations. Yes, and it's my favorite tool. But I understand, like you've been compiling a list of uses. Mm-hmm. So first, for people who don't know, how would you describe what ChatGPT is? So it is a artificial intelligence platform um, that is been trained up to 2021 with the knowledge of like we're just going to say the world, okay? Like the Bible, the encyclopedia, conversations, books, literature, song, music. Like, you know how in sci-fi movies, they have like, they take, and actually I think NASA does do something like this where, oh yeah, I learned about this in college where they're always blasting pop music and stuff. Like at the time when I was in college, it was Michael Jackson. And they send these sound waves all the time out into outer space 
And eventually someone somewhere will capture those sound waves. And then that will be their glimpse of like our civilization. So, you know, 60,000 years from now, they're going to hear like Billie Jean in some remote planet. But the point is sort of like a capsule of all the learning up to 2021. Some people say it's learning, but really we're just feeding the model. Okay. We're, we're calling it the model and we're feeding it with more information, the more conversations that we have with it. And this is different from Google because people are like, well, how's this different from Google? It's it's different from Google in every way. And the best way to really understand it is to just get in there and start messing around with it. But it's set up conversation style. Okay. So you can type in any question, it will answer and you keep going. So you don't have to build out a complete sentence after you've been going in this conversation. You could just say, now what? Well, what do you mean by that? Well, what about point number two? Could you explain point number four again? Or that doesn't really make sense. Could you rephrase it? And it happens like instantly and is really, truly mind-blowing. And when you start to see the use case scenarios of this, that's when it's really like, oh my goodness. Okay. And this, and it's so fun to, for anybody who's still on Twitter, I, I personally am still on Twitter and I love to use it just for research. And if you, if you research the hashtag chat GPT, I try to do that every couple of days because it's amazing the things that people are doing. So let's, you want to jump into some of the use case scenarios? I'm honestly impressed and I didn't want to be impressed by this. Right. I really didn't because I was not impressed with that. The one everyone's making selfies with Sensa. Yeah. And oh the yeah. Purple, and, the purple right, selfies. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And Lenza. Yeah. Lenza. Lenza. Is that what yeah. it is? Yeah, That's the one I've Lenza. used. Lenza. Yeah. yeah. So like, I'll even like pop something in there and say, okay, could you rewrite this with emojis? Ooh, I haven't tried that one yet. No, that's my favorite one. Like if I have, and my team's using that for captions, like, well, you pop in a caption and say, rewrite this with emojis. I love that. I'm writing it. And then if I don't like the way they do it, I tell them how I want them rewritten. Okay. So, and we just, I just want to share that Mariana Nielsen says that she used ChatGPT to rewrite her artist statement. Well, yeah, I was going to, yes. Brilliant. Yes. Perfect use case scenario for an artist. Do you want me to jump into some? Yes. 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 Let's jump into, you have a list. How many do you have on your list right now? 800. Is that too many? I'm just (laughs) kidding, Miriam. I'm just kidding. Like, I don't know. I didn't count, but let's say like two dozen. Maybe. Wow. Okay. Okay. So um, we'll talk about general stuff and then stuff specifically for artists. Okay. Like a job posting, you're going to hire someone. All you have to do is go to chat GPT and say, I need someone who's going to do, what's a good job description for a graphics design person or a virtual assistant or a whatever. And then They'll spit out something great. You tell them what you need them to do and they'll include things you never would have thought of. Legal documents. This blew my mind. I was on Twitter and I saw someone and they had turned it into sort of a video so you could see it in process. But I think that the prompt was something like, create a lease for an apartment that I want to rent. And he gave the address, the state that he lived in or whatever. Well, the model knows the laws of renting apartments in Ohio up to 2021. So a legal document was created, which should send a chill down the spine of every lawyer on earth, because at some point, this will be able to create like 
accurate legal documents. Obviously, you don't want to bank on these legal documents truly being accurate, you know, if it's like a real serious situation, but it's a start. It's a start. Can I just interrupt with with one? Okay. So we've had on our website, this code that used to work for tracking when anyone on a Facebook ad clicked to play the podcast. So it was called for those who, who know what Facebook terms mean. It was the podcast listen pixel and the code wasn't working. So we popped the code into chat GPT and said, would you fix it? And it rewrote the code. And then did it work? Actually, I don't know. I have to check with my Facebook ads manager. Oh, we got to You're leaving us in suspense. That's huge. But you. first, though, first we asked them to write the code for us, and they did. And then we says, "Well, let's see if we just pop in the one we have. Will Genius. it rewrite?" I know it's like, Genius, amazing. Yes, amazing. All on that note, like correcting anything. So, like my team is mostly in the Philippines, and so sometimes language, although they're fluent in English, language and phrases can be awkward because they just use different phrases. And, and sometimes actually they're they're much more formal than I am. And so like, for example, someone might say, Miriam, I see that you availed this offer. While grammatically correct, it's super awkward. We don't say availed, that you availed an offer or whatever. I don't, you know, so they can now post anything in there for grammar checks, but not just grammar and spelling checks, but to also say, can you reword this so it sounds more casual, more American? And if the model knows your voice, you can also say in the voice of Jen Lehner, in the voice of Marion Schulman, in the voice of Amy Porterfield, like that's the other thing that's crazy. One thing I want to interject though. So those of you who are using it to write copy for you, one thing I noticed is that they are very formal. They don't use, cont- they meaning, so I like to call chat GPT Hal, by the way. Okay, we're going to call From the 2001 okay. space yeah, yeah. movie. Okay. For the, <laughs> anyone who didn't get that reference, I'm so sorry. We're, we're just a bit older than you. We are okay. Yeah, so Hal will say, I will, I, I do not, like, he doesn't seem to use contractions. So he'll give me the thing and I'll either I'll correct it myself or I'll tell him, just like you said before, would you please rewrite this with contractions? Which by the way, that is something in general that I tell a lot of artists that you should always go through your copy and rewrite things with contractions because it is friendlier. It does sound more like a natural voice. I know that in high school English, we were all taught to say, you know, do not, will not, blah, blah, blah. But it really does sound better if you change all your writing with contractions. Yeah. And also like John Loomer and uh, everybody should check out what he's doing right now. And this J-O-N is his first name and then Loomer. But he is doing these cool experiments with chat GPT. And he did two things recently. One is he wrote a movie script. He's a Facebook ads guy, but he just is playing around with it. And He was like, I want to make a movie, a 60 second movie about something to do with Facebook ads, not a commercial, but a movie. And he shows the ongoing way that he continues to refine and refine and refine and say that he was like, that's too formal. I want short sentences. And then he'd say, okay, shorter sentences. Okay. Add some jokes. It's not funny. It's not, it's not funny though. But he's like, 
But it got funny because he did it because I asked it to write a joke for me and it was a fail. No, no, no. It won't work like that. It won't be funny like that. But the way this is the thing. So this is a key point, Miriam, because this is why people don't have to worry too much about AI. This being a replacement for human creativity. Right. in, In that you still in order to really get the best out of this, we still have to be maybe even more imaginative than before, right? Because we have to be imaginative in like the prompts that we get. So he said like, okay, now do it as if it's a scene from The Godfather. Oh my God. Then it became like hilarious, you know? And and then he switched it up and he's like, make one person, character number one is Kramer, character number two is Seinfeld. And then like all of a sudden it completely changes and becomes like becomes hilarious. So there's that, but it's, it was a constant, it was quite a process where he, he finally got to that point. The other thing is any idea for any sort of content, a movie, a book, a blog, a video, your social media content, Facebook ads. That's the other thing he was doing. Incredible headlines for Facebook ads, ideas for strategies for your Facebook ads, Really unbelievable what this system and any ads really Google. Yeah. And you you, do. you probably have this on your list, but I'm going to interrupt you a lot because I just think do it's it. more interesting. Yeah, it's, it's like two people. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I know my artists are going to want to use this for is a subject line ideas for an email. So I'll write an email. And what I do is I'll say to Hal, um, please help me come up a sub a subject line for this email. And I pop what I wrote yes. into it and then it'll give me subject line ideas. Now, one thing that it does, remember I said, you have to make sure you to use contractions. One thing it does is it likes to use title case to tell title case with the subject lines. Like every word is capitalized. Mm-hmm. No bueno. When people see that in their inbox, they know it's a newsletter, make sure it's all lowercase. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll go through there. Okay. Rewrite them all with lowercase and give me some emojis. Yeah. I love it. They come up with really great. Hal comes up with really good ideas for subject lines. And the other thing I've used him for is YouTube titles. Please help me come up with a catchy YouTube title. So let me just give a more concrete example. I had a video which is about the Black experience in art, depicting the Black experience in art. I said, what should I call this video? It came up with Black Art Matters. And now that I say that, you're like, well, of course, but I didn't think of it. So it was like, and they gave me a couple other ones to choose from as well. So good. Yeah. Okay, what's next on your list? This uh, is so much fun. So for artists, like creative, engaging, and accurate descriptions of your art, along with keywords for SEO. That's a good one. So that is one, like you can ask it, what are, I have a video about the black experience in art. Please give me the YouTube keywords Mm -hmm. I should use on this, or please give me the Etsy. I have a, an abstract painting. Please give me the Etsy keywords that I should use. It's brilliant for that sort of thing. Yeah. And this one, your audience is going to hate, but (laughs) it must be mentioned because it is happening and it is, it is just a thing. And that is taking a description that you put your imagination, paint a picture and a description in chat GPT. Okay. Then. No. Okay. Let me give you an example, like a real example. And I I pulled this up because I wanted to, I wanted you to, do you want to share your screen? Oh, do we? 
Yeah. Okay. I was thinking more. If you need to, if you want to. I don't need to. Just listen. Okay. Okay. So the prompt is write a description about an angry wolf in the foggy woods. What does the wolf look like? Describe the foggy woods. And I'm not going to read the whole description. I'm going to read the first two paragraphs. Okay. The angry wolf prowled through the foggy woods, its eyes glowing with a fierce determination. The wolf was large and muscular with a thick coat of shaggy gray fur. Its teeth were bared and its ears were laid back against its head in a menacing display. The foggy woods were dark and eerie with trees that loom like shadowy sentinels and on and on. Okay. Now you take this long description and you post it on Art Breeder, DreamScope, Deep Art, one of those like digital art platforms. And the person who gave this example, unbelievable. It's not my personal, I don't like that digital art very much, but oh my gosh, they did the same thing with like these Vikings. And then the difference between, you know, what like a regular description would be. And then these really six, seven paragraphs, like super detailed descriptions are generating like incredible images, really incredible images. So again, like I know that that's super controversial, but it is happening and we should not like ignore that. Okay. We have a little silence over here. <laughs> I mean, I'm I not think, saying it's I good or bad. I'm people, just saying more yeah. people are being drawn though to in the art world, moving away from digital art and more towards tactile, textile, fiber art, things. And that is a lot of it has to do even pre-AI because of the pandemic and the social distancing, people are really craving more tactile type experiences with, with their art. But I think digital artists maybe should be nervous about that. What do you think? I mean, yeah. Look, the printing press came out. Everyone totally freaked out. They just, you know. And the it, calculator. <laughs> right. But I mean, right. in terms of art, it was like that was going to destroy storytelling and creativity and all that if like everybody you could just mass produce something like people really like there was like a revolt like torches in the street and everything so i just think this stuff always shakes things up and in the end it never is like as scary as we thought it was going to be i do think chat gpt is as significant as the internet itself i do think it's that big of a thing and it's just the surface of what we're going to be able to do in the future and i think it can be used for good or for evil obviously Okay, so I asked Chad. Wait, wait, there's one more thing we have to talk about. Yeah. So Tracy made a very good comment, and that is about the copyright infringement. So here is the part that is a little bit icky to me. And we there I did do another podcast episode with Steve Hoffman that's coming out, and he was sharing with me that you could and with some of these programs upload, let's say, five paintings like my portraits of by Miriam Shulman and say, okay, here's a photograph. Now create another painting in the style of Miriam Shulman, which is mm -hmm. great for me if I'm the only one who can use that, but I think other people can do that too. So there is that capability. If you heard about that, do you, are you on the... I haven't heard about that controversy, but I've had a conversation with it, with Hal about it. It's um, like an ethics thing because it's like yeah. you can't copyright a style or an idea, but then all of a sudden, if a computer can generate a brand new artwork in the style of... But, I mean, what is art if not... Like, you go to the museum and you're like, there's cubism. 
you know, and it was started right. by this That's artist. Right. And, That's right. You know what I mean? Like everybody, like I want to paint like Picasso. I want to paint like Matisse. That's right. Like that. What's the difference on that? True, I mean, true. And that, that was something that I talked about recently with somebody is that actually, and it's in my book, is the thing is about art is whatever becomes popular is usually because it's in contrast to what just came before it. Yeah. So you can't really chase trends. So if you look, and that's true of everything, not just visual art, but music. I mean, if you look at like what we had, you know, from... Beatles to pop to disco, you know, then everything keeps flipping. So we have disco. Now it's grunge. Now it's cock rock. Now it's Alanis Morissette. So it like everything has to be in contrast to what it came before it. And that kind of creativity is not something that the computer is able to do yet because that creates that involves sentient knowledge. Yes. Right. Those are the main things. I mean, we're using it a lot in our business, really with the um, the headlines and the ideas for webinars and- uh, Good one. And yeah, like I've said, like, you know, just playing around, I asked, gave it many different topics for of webinars and then asked it to come up with titles and like key points that I would talk about. And it really, a lot of the stuff was really good, was really usable. So we did something similar and this was kind of hilarious. So we have a a masterclass called How to Sell More Art Without Being Insta-Famous. And now I want to run like a live bootcamp. So I said, could you give us alternative title ideas? And we didn't tell them I have a book called Artpreneur. And they says, how about Artpreneur Bootcamp? I was like, no way. It's like, oh, that's a great idea. (laughs) Why didn't we think of it? It's kind of like the black art matters. Like sometimes these really good ideas are kind of the obvious thing. Right. Yeah. What what do you have next on the list? This is so much fun. That's pretty much my list is I guess it's not as long as I thought it was. So Tracy asked, does your voice become a public thing? I think like when you say like, write a blog post in the style of James Altucher, because there is so much of his work out there. And I would say the same for Miriam. There is so much out there that surely this model learns stuff about her, about him. And yeah, I guess if even if you didn't have a lot of content out there, I suppose if someone was putting your stuff with your name into the model, then eventually the model would know about you. But that's probably not going to be the case for 99.9% of us. Like other people aren't going to be popping in our voice. And don't forget their knowledge base is at least two years old. Jen said two years just now. I think somebody else had told me three. I'm not quite sure what the exact number is, but it is old. So it doesn't have everything up to the minute. That is true. One thing that was pointed out to me is there's a lot of AI happening that we are not even really aware. So I listened to this program called Focus at Will. And it's just generated music that helps me focus when I'm at the computer. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize is that was AI generated compositions. Really? Yeah. So they have like a classical station, which is not classical music. And my daughter was listening to it. She's like, well, it kind of sounds like stuff, but I don't recognize it. And my daughter would know like, this is Haydn, this is Dvorak, this is whatever. And she's like, it's just kind of sounds like stuff, but it isn't anything. Wow. That's wild. 
Here was a tweet that I love that this guy sent out. He said, I'm I'm sorry, I simply can't be cynical about a technology that it can accomplish this. And by this, he attached a screenshot with the prompt being, write a biblical verse in the style of the King James Bible, explaining how to remove a peanut butter sandwich from a VCR. So I'll just read you the first couple of what is what it's been. It's just hilarious. And it came to pass that a man was troubled by a peanut butter sandwich for it had been placed within his VCR and he knew not how to remove it. And he cried out to the Lord saying, oh, Lord, how can I remove this sandwich from my VCR for it is stuck fast and will not budge. And the Lord spoke unto him saying, fear not, my child, for I shall guide thy hand and show thee the way. Take thy butter knife and carefully insert it between the sandwich and the VCR and gently pry them apart. And with patience and perseverance, the sandwich shall be removed and thy VCR shall be saved. And it went on out beyond that. But it's just, you know, and then he could change that up again and say, you know, now write it in the voice of of a 1920s like wise guy, you know, that's awesome. I mean, I can run through like the different things I've used it Please for do. just Please in do. the week. I mean, I yeah. might even be able to open it up unless it's, it's, so of course we have to talk about the cheating, right? How kids are using it to cheat. Yes. Does so that make you nervous? It doesn't make me nervous. My brother is a professor at a university and he, you know, when I first showed it to him like a couple of months ago, he's kind of a Luddite anyway. Right. And he just like, was like, oh, he said, my exams are so it would be impossible because I'm very specific about my, like they're very complicated, basically like his, his essay prompts. Right. I was like, okay, give me a few, give me a few. (laughs) So I I plugged it in and it was like, unbelievable. The response, like it was unbelievable what chat GPT gave back. And I was like, here, I was like, look at my phone, like here, does that worry you now? And he, you know, he was like, huh? Well, wow. Supposedly, they're going to try to add some sort of watermark on there. I think things will just change. Like, I think it's going to, you know, they'll have to do more like oral exams. I saw another professor. Handwritten essays in class. Yes. Or doing the first draft in class. Yeah, I heard Um, that too. Yeah, something. I think that was the New York Times did a, there was some article recently of just about that very topic. Okay. So I'm going to switch. I'm going to share my screen and we may even plug some things in just to see what it does. That would be fun. Okay. So, all right. So here is, I was reaching out to Jeff Goins because I got an introduction to him. And for those who don't know, he is the author of Real Artists Don't Starve. And I was trying to figure out how to change my opening for him, the hook to talk to him without sounding like too fangirly or too desperate or whatever. So I said, is there a better way to write this open, meaning the hook for this email? So I said, so great to e-meet you. I loved your book. It was a comp on my own proposal. I'm with the same publisher, blah, blah, blah. And then it rewrote it for me. And it was like, like I said earlier in our conversation, you do have to edit what they say. You do have to put it through your own filter. You know, it doesn't wasn't quite in my own voice, but I was very happy with that. The next thing was I wanted to send a nasty email and I said, can you make this sound nicer? <laughs> so 
thanks so much. I understand that this seems like short notice to you. We actually sent this request in April of last year, but we didn't realize that this person's form was missing until HarperCollins brought this to our attention. And we will blur this out for the video forum. We hope to include her before the publisher's imposed deadline of this Friday. I wanted to extend my sincerest apologies for the short notice on this request. We had actually sent this request in April of last year, but unfortunately, we only recently discovered that her form was missing. We were alerted to this by HarperCollins, and we are eager to rectify this situation as soon as possible. Our goal is to include her in this project before the publishers imposed deadline of this Friday. We understand that this may be an inconvenience and we truly appreciate your understanding. And I think I've left out and cooperation in this matter because to me that felt, I didn't like that, but it was a good start. Oh, you know what I used this for? Wait a minute. This was the best one I used it for. I don't know if it's going to be in my history. So I am going to be doing a training inside Jen's membership program. It's Front Row VIP is the name of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So because my podcast is in the top 1% and she has a lot of people who want to build and grow their podcast, we're going to do a training. But what I remember, Jen, and I don't know if you realize this, I had already done a training for your group in the past. Yeah, no, I knew, but not on this, I don't think. So I went to ask them, and let me see if this is in my history. I asked how, what do people want to know about podcasting? What are the most asked questions? And they gave me a whole list. And then I looked through the list. I said, well, what do I want to talk about? I picked a few things and I said, please write me some bullet points about this topic. So basically how like helped me plan my whole presentation for you. I mean, I'm still going to have to provide the content for it, but like it gave me a title, a topic, talking points and the title. I loved it. All right. I'm sharing my screen now on that same note. So I've got a client who I was thinking, like I was playing around with this. Let me get down. Okay. So she's a personal stylist. And so I said, can you give me 10 titles for blog posts for someone who is a personal style coach? This is the first round. It gave me these great Topics, five ways to update your wardrobe for the new season. The top 10 must have accessories for every woman's closet. The do's and don'ts of mixing and matching prints. How to dress for your body type. Tips and tricks. The ultimate guide to accessorizing an outfit. Five simple steps to building a capsule wardrobe. How to shop for clothes that fit and flatter. The art of layering. How to create comfortable and chic outfits. The power of confidence. How to dress for success. The benefits of investing in quality pieces in your wardrobe. And then I said, well, how could I create social media posts for topic number one, which was the five ways to update your wardrobe for the new season? And then the suggestions are share a sneak peek of your new seasonal wardrobe essentials, such as a cozy sweater or a pair of boots. Share a collage of your favorite new seasonal pieces and ask your followers which ones they like most. Share a before and after photo of an outfit that you've updated for the new season, along with a caption explaining how you made the update. Stop. Let's do this right now for artists. Yes. Okay. Let's so do I'm going to give you a, a prompt. What are five YouTube video ideas for an artist who wants to sell their art? Because we know what the ideas are for people who want to teach techniques. I want to know what it is if they want to sell their art. Let's Should we make it visual art or does it matter? It doesn't matter. I noticed it, sometimes it, they, okay. Well, if they, it'll, if it matters, he'll ask us. I always say they, but it's he, it's, it's, well, they is 
non-gendered that way, right? Hal can be non-gender. He's thinking. Yeah, sometimes he, when he's thinking a long time, I get nervous that he won't be able to there do it or crash. Okay, here we go. Here are five potential YouTube video ideas for an artist who wants to sell their art. Number one, art tutorials. Share your expertise and knowledge. Now, I'm just going to stop you uh -oh. guys right here. So that, oh, can't do it. <laughs> It's like he crashed. Oh, sometimes that you guys, that is the bad thing about chat. GPT okay. Well, this right is, now. this is where you need Miriam Shulman. So I will tell you that the ideas, if you want to sell your art rather than teach tutorials. So if you want to sell your art and you don't want to teach, don't do tutorials because then you're going to attract people who just want to learn. So what you want to do is do a speed video that is for entertainment purposes only and explain the inspiration behind the piece the same way you would as in an email. Oh, I think he's already, he's coming up with other things. Here we go. Very good. All right. Hal's coming up with better ideas this time. Number one, studio tour. Give your audience a behind the scenes look at your art making process by filming a tour of your studio. Show them the tools you use, the materials you work with, and your creative process. Brilliant. I never get sick of that. I'm not an artist, but I okay. love to, people love to see people's spaces. Okay. The how-to tutorials, I would not do the how-to unless you want to teach. So let's skip that one. The third one is the obvious one, the time-lapse videos. People love that. Artist Q&A, host a Q&A session where you answer questions from the audience about your art, your inspiration, and your process. And his last idea is art unboxing. Create a video where you show off a new piece of art you created and share your thoughts about it. This can be a great way to create anticipation and excitement around your new artworks and showcase your artworks in a fun and engaging way. And then what is this last bit? More advice? Yeah. By experimenting with different video formats and sharing your art in a variety of ways, you can create a strong online presence and build an audience of art lovers who are interested in purchasing your work. And, and you I, I noticed I asked it to write, like there was another one I just saw it where I asked it to write an NDA. And I think someone else was asking about that. So I just put it in there and I, I made it specific to the state of Ohio. And it looked like so legit, like a lawyer wrote it. It was crazy. Mm. Okay, I'm just going to look and see if there's any other use scenarios that would be of interest. I used it for copy on my website. Oh, no, this one is, I know what this one was. Somebody who was interested in my course, Email Marketing Mastery for Artists, wanted to know if I actually give out email lists of collectors. Now, let me tell you, anybody who's selling that online, don't waste your money on that. Just because they collect art doesn't mean they're going to collect your art. Mm. So I had to explain to them how we don't do that and why and what the course actually did. So what did I give them? Okay. I told them I sell a course that teaches artists how to build an email list to sell their to sell their art. How do I explain to a potential customer that this does not include a list of people's emails? The first thing Hal did was he said to me, you can explain blah, 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 blah. And then I wrote back to how, please rewrite that as a response to the customer directly. Wow. Thank you for your interest in our course. I wanted to clarify that while the course does teach artists how to build an email list for selling their art, it does not include a pre-existing list of email contacts. The course focuses on providing strategies and techniques for effectively building your own email list through marketing and outreach efforts. 
Our goal is to empower you to effectively promote and sell your art to a targeted audience of your own choosing. Like mic drop, this is how I'm using it the most is really difficult conversations with people and customers. Yeah. Yeah, Customers are difficult. You guys are all beautiful and lovely. Yeah. Miriam and I have a, a mutual friend who just happens to be gifted with lingo for difficult conversations. She just, she just comes good. off and it sounds fantastic. So now we can give her a break because we just can go to Hal and be like, <laughs> how do we tell this person this, you know? Okay. Linda says, how do we sign up for this? <laughs> it's free. A fee. Okay. First of all, we're not affiliates. And second of all, it is free as of now, but I have to tell you when they come out with the paid version, I will be gladly paying for it. Well, when you log in, they now have a thing. I haven't seen it, but but someone told me there's a thing that pops up now that where you could sign up for the beta of paid. Oh yeah, I'll pay for it too. Especially if they, if we pay, run into the, because what's happening now, you guys, is that what you'll notice when you go to play right now, it seems to be functioning. So as soon as you know, you leave us, go and and try those of you who are live with us, go and, uh, and, and try it out. But um, it crashes a lot. So yeah, because the world, the world is waking up to this and the, and everybody's playing with it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's using it. I think there's certainly there's high demand time seems to be at night when kids are doing homework. Yeah, that's a good, and kind of early because like, if you're on the East coast, half of the United States at least is asleep, you know what I mean? In the morning. So is is not a bad time to use it. Yeah. The morning is awesome. Okay. So let me tell you how to get it. So go to openai.com. Did I get that right? Openai.com? Uh, yeah, chat, chat.openai.com. Okay. And then you can use, I think, either your Google login for it. And it, as of now, it's free. But like I said, I'll be signing up for the paid version when that comes out. Won't think twice about that. No. So yeah, I just want to say, like, I think for anybody who's hearing about this for the first time, I think the way to think about this is as a way to enhance what we're doing. It's a tool that saves time. And, oh, you know, I, another use case scenario, I have a client recently and her, the thing that her business does is she's sort of spiritual based and they do Bible studies once a month. And these Bible studies take them 40 to 60 hours to create. Literally, they spend all their time on these Bible studies. And I was, you know, I'm trying to, coach them and and consult so that they can grow their business. But if they're spending that much time, it's, and they kind of have to do it. That's their thing. So we played around. This is how I know the Bible is in there (laughs) so accurately because we went in there and we said like, create a Bible study for, I don't know the Bible, but let's say Genesis something through Genesis, the other, right? Whatever. Through the Joseph story. Thank you. It was unbelievable. Like her jaw dropped, and she has emailed me multiple times to say, Jen, this has shaved off half of our time. Because one of the hardest things of that project is like going in and extracting out like the main points and the summaries and all of that. So she has the dialogue with Hal, and it is cut their time in half on how much time they're having to spend on this. But they're still going to be the one who ultimately puts their spin on it and their opinion and all their insights. But it did all the heavy lifting of the the other stuff for them. And that's, that's humongous for them. Yeah. All right. Here are the 14 ways that we talked about today to use chat GPT. 
Number one, write job descriptions. Number two, write simple legal contracts. Number three, fix or write code. Number four, correct grammar and spelling errors. Number five, rewrite your copy to change the tone. Number six, write a movie script. Number seven, write Facebook ads. Number eight, write a Facebook ad headline. Number nine, write email subject lines. Number 10, add emojis to the text. Number 11, write catchy YouTube titles. Number 12, write copy to describe your artwork. Number 13, suggest keywords for your listings. And number 14, come up with ideas for blog posts and webinars. All right, Jen, thank you so much for being with me here today. Do you have any last words? For no, me? thank you. I just would say, go have fun with this, enjoy it, play around with it, and then uh, impress all your friends with it. And uh, and then Miriam, I think we have to do a part two. Maybe we'll do that on my podcast because you know we're going to come up with like 50 more ideas for this. You know, we're just scraping the surface. So will okay. you come on my podcast for a part two? Sure, I'd love to. Okay. Thank you. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for being with me here today. Until next time, stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com.